Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Merry Christmas to you again. We are only five days away from Christmas, if you include today, which is Wednesday. However, if you're not listening to this on Wednesday, then it could be closer or after Christmas. I don't you know. You choose the day, right. <laughs> but uh, the excitement is building in my house. I know that for sure. <laughs> I have a little one. And it's quite possible when people listen to this that our second little one will already be born. Uh-huh. Since we pre-record these. We're all on the edge of our seats. Yes, absolutely. But uh, anyway, Merry Christmas to everyone. It's good to be with you. Um, We want to close out our Weeks of Christmas series with the fourth week of Christmas, which would be redemption. Um, After all, is not why this Christ came. (laughs) You know, he came to redeem and to save himself a people for his glory. Um, We will weave various Christmas carols throughout our talk to help bring alive the truths that we find in these beloved carols, as we've already been doing over the last three weeks. Um, And, you know, we need to sing them with heartfelt understanding, not just tradition. Right. Um, I think that's that's important. Um, But anyway, we're going to talk about redemption today in this fourth week of Christmas as we lead up to December the 25th. And I will also just make note here, this is our last episode for 2022 season. Um, And we really appreciate our listeners and those who um, tune in each week uh, or catch up in various weeks um, to hear us and to grow together. It's been a good year uh, of of really looking at church history overall, and we've right. done a few other various episodes, but uh, church history has kind of been our focus, and we're excited about Crosstalk 2023 season, and the reason I say that is we are going to bring on um, guests, which we talked about, if you've seen on social media, any of our push, um, but we are going to bring on guests next year and kind of incorporate other people to talk about different topics and things that we think would be good, not just to hear from us. Right. Um, yes, it's going to be a different year. We yeah. hope folks will spread the word. We we know that we have gained listeners because people have actually told people about it. So no, absolutely. Know and let them know they can. It's it's brief enough that they can listen to it in increments that that will work for their schedule. No, absolutely. Now we will be taking a break for the entire month of January. Um, so there'll be no episodes. We always like to take that break to, to regroup, plan, prepare uh, for the new year, which means we will be back at approximately February the 1st, if all goes well, uh, which would be a Wednesday, February the 1st. So stay tuned. That's when we will return for uh, Crosstalk 2023 season. But anyway, right now we're still talking about Christmas. 22 is not over. And so let's jump in in regards to the redemption. Um, there are three words that we want to talk about that encompass redemption as it pertains to Christmas and the Incarnation in particular. So let's just jump into that. What are those three words, and what are we looking at in regards to redemption? Well, we're going to start with the word bondage, which doesn't sound like a Christmas word, but uh, one of the things we want to do here is for us and for those who listen, <clears throat> is each time we look at a manger scene, even the, the decorations that aren't particularly religious or or spiritual in any particular right. way. We know for Christians, everything is spiritual. And uh, we want our to be reminded of these themes, these ideas that we've talked about through the past few weeks. And redemption certainly encompass, encompasses the idea of bondage. And uh, 
And if you look through Scripture, if you look at the Old Testament, the Old Covenant accounts of God's people, you find them at different times in bondage and God delivering them from their bondage. But the whole idea of bondage and redemption give this give the idea of purchase. And uh, so Jesus came to buy us out of the slave market of sin. Romans talks about that a good bit in Romans around uh, Romans 4 and 5. And uh, uh, the idea of redemption should hmm. come to us as we think about the incarnation. Uh, I, th- I thought of um, the first Noel, and we're not, we're not going to refer to so much to Scripture except in a broader sense. Right. But um, uh, certainly as you read the Scriptures and you see some of the – I've reread the cr- different accounts. Right. And uh, you ought to put in that John chapter 1, hmm. especially the first half of that, ch- that chapter, and even First John 1. Uh, when you talk about the incarnation, but I thought about the the Carol, the first Noel, who hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind hath bought. Mm. That concept of purchase, we are <clears> that one of the images, one of the some of the imagery used regarding salvation is in redemption is that of a purchase out of the slave market of sin, and certainly when Jesus came to the earth, the the his people, the Jewish people, were in bondage. They were in political bondage to the nation of Rome, which was the last of the four nations predicted in Daniel. And they were also most of them. What, what we most of them were in spiritual bondage because they didn't see, and they were they, they were under the leadership of spiritually inept men, especially when it came to the scribes, the Pharisees, and so forth. And um, so. So Jesus came to a world in bondage, and yet he came to buy sinners out of that slave market of sin. It's such a beautiful aspect of Christmas that I think is is forgotten <clears throat> again, and we keep repeating this over and over again, but I think this idea of a little sweet babe in the manger, uh, it's hard for us to attach that to that issue of our own sin and bondage to that right. sin. And so to be able to see the bigger point of yeah. Hit the incarnation is that we are. He was sent to redeem a people for himself who were in bondage. I don't want to be Scroogeist uh, when it comes to the baby in the, comes to the baby in the manger because he was a sweet baby in the manger. He right. was a gentle child. Oh no, absolutely. There is a mild. sweetness about the story. Yes, yes but uh, and that's but a beautiful that's thing. All yeah. there is to it. When we look at that baby, we see God incarnate. You know, as incarnate as. Uh, um, uh, I think of the Bromley brings out in his poem that I like so much and like to recite at Christmas: "A babe on the breast of a maiden, he lies, yet sits with the father on high mm, in the sky." That skies. contrast, yeah. He is still Lord. He's he's a little baby, but he's Lord. So this, this idea of purchase, he came to um, uh, buy us, buy sinners out of the slave market of sin. Then the idea of pardon. Um, <clears throat> I I thought about how hymns in general, not just. Um, not just um, carols, have talked about pardon, that Jesus purchased our pardon on Calvary's tree. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. And uh, that I, th- I thought of that, and I thought of how that relates to this whole idea of redemption and purchase, that uh, we needed something we couldn't give ourselves. You know, criminals can't pardon themselves. Mm-hmm. They may think they're deserving of it. They may even act as though they didn't do anything. They may act as though they uh, are pardoned, but they cannot pardon themselves. It requires somebody with higher authority 
Mm. With more authority than they have, and that's certainly our case. That was certainly the case of sinners. When Jesus came incarnate, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, he uh, um, He came to purchase us out of the slave market of sin. He, he came to purchase our pardon. Uh, you know, it was possible, and it has been possible in history for people to buy slaves out of their slavery, to buy mm. them, uh, or to buy debtors, uh, prisoners, out of Debtor's prison. You know, and somebody then can, they have to serve whoever yeah. bought them out. But somebody has to pay the rest their, debt. their lives or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And that's what Christ has done. He paid the debt we owe, uh, and we we owed as the kind of gospelly song says, we owed a debt we could not pay. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Over the holiday season, I feel like my son William's heightened awareness of Christ and who he is and coming, and the questions that come from that have increased. Um, and I don't know if it's because of that or if it's just he's particularly curious anyway. And um, the questions have come in talking about this issue of bondage. Right. Um, the other day he, he made a comment in the truck that he was a Christian. And I said, oh, really? I said, why is that? And he said, well, because I go to church. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, son, we're not Christians because we go to church. And I said, we're, we're Christians because we put our faith in Christ for what he has done for us. I said, do you know that you're a sinner? He goes, yeah. I said, do you know, you know the other day you made the comment about being obedient. We were talking about it. He goes, well, it's really hard. And that's the thing. We are in bondage. And mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's, it's something we can communicate to our children very easily um, just based upon their simplified understanding of it. But right. the issue, uh, most kids go, I can't obey. And you know what? That's right. Yeah. They are in bondage and they need to be <clears throat> purchased and pardoned. And, and I think... It's not enough for just us adults to preach it to each other, but to teach our children about these things. Well, that brings to mind an elder in a church we were involved in, members of, several years ago. He was telling me about his daughter and uh, her conversion, and she came to him and was talking. She was almost just desperate, and she said, Dad, I I can't stop sinning. Yeah. And that's, that's a telling confession and statement, and that's true. We need someone who can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So when we think of Christmas, we shouldn't think of Christmas without thinking of Calvary. So bondage, um, now the one you've got here is, um, I believe I say this right, bearers? We are bearers. Barriers, yes. Barriers, yeah. yes. There have always been barriers to the gospel, always been barriers to the truth, whether the gospel was in seed form in the Old Testament or in its full bloom and blossom in the New Testament or the New Covenant and in the church. Um <clears throat> but um, those berries have been cultural. Mm. Uh, certainly, the Jews were an odd people, right? You know, in the Old Testament, they were they were different and and purposefully so. Uh, God made them a different people. They had a different style of life. They had a different cultural makeup. But cultural, ethnic, that was also a part of the Old Testament um, challenge of the gospel. And not too many, not too many Gentiles, non-Jews, came to. Jehovah God came to a belief in Jehovah's God, and then the promise of a Messiah. And even now, ethnic barriers can be there. Uh, economic, uh, you know, um, there are the up and out, the down and out, and a lot of people in between. But those those things can be barriers to the gospel. Uh, I thought of that because those barriers are there. It's almost like walls to the gospel. And here comes Jesus to break down the barriers, and He does. He can. Uh, and I thought of the the concept of rescue. 
when we we talked about the carol come thou long expected Jesus uh, born thy people to deliver it's interesting that concept of thy people changed it didn't change as far as the plan of God and the purpose of God because God's purpose was to have a people from every tribe every nation every tongue but in the Old Testament it was primarily Jewish people when Jesus came he came to set his people free he came uh, to um, well, as a matter of fact, it says in the Luke story, when you read the Luke story, it talks about he would be a light to the Gentiles. And so the barriers that are there, to the, they're still there. But we can believe with all assurance that when we witness to whatever person, wherever they are from, whatever their economic status, whatever their their cultural situation or their ethnicity. In fact, Jesus came to save the, the nations, which in the Greek is ethnos, from which we get the word, we derive our word ethnic and ethnicity. All the ethnicities, all the peoples of the world, Jesus came to break down those barriers, and he does. We see people all over the world come to Christ. Does that mean all will? No, but many of every different stripe will come to Christ. He came to rescue them out of those barriers those walls that seem to keep the gospel out. So he rescued them. Did he do more than just rescue them? <laughs> Say that again. I said, did he, did he do more than just rescue them? Well, he, he did. Uh, well, when, when Christ saves a sinner, when he converts them to, to true faith, which we'll talk about in a moment, then that is all part of a package deal. I mean, yes, he did more than just rescue them out of the barriers. He he gives them life in himself. He gives well, I was, them himself. I was thinking in that idea of release. Yeah, he releases them. Yeah, yeah. He, the um, born um, thy people to deliver, born to set your people free, mm. freedom. Uh, <clears throat> you know. We're seeing some attempts to to really restrict and take the freedoms we've come to take for granted as Americans, as United States citizens. But whatever happens, and, and, and all of us hope that, that those things don't happen, but whatever happens, we're free in Christ. You know, if the sun shall make you free, you shall be truly free, free indeed. And uh, uh, the, you know, it's, it's interesting that when um, – the, the the hymn says, and ransom captive Israel. Mm. The first thing they would have thought of if that carol could have been sung at that time when Christ was born was that uh, captive Israel would have been captive to the Roman Empire. Right. And they'd been captive to the – That's the first thing the, that comes to their mind, yeah. They'd been captive to the Greeks and to the Medes and Persians and to the Babylonians. They'd right. been captive for some time. That's not what the hymn is about. It's not what – the release of the captives is about. It's not a political release. It's not. It's much more than that, and it was much broader than that. And uh, when we well, say when we say those barriers are broken down, we see that uh, in in the gospel. You know, I think that's a good reminder for us in living in 21st century America, where we do see you're talking about some of those freedoms and things that we're seeing kind of being eroded, mm-hmm. torn away. Is that our freedom ultimately is not a political freedom. And I think we as believers can kind of mix those two up too much in our yeah. political fervor. 
Um, and, and, and I think there's a need and, uh, and a necessity to fight for that, which is good. I, I don't have a problem with that. No, to, not at all. To fight for freedom and to uh, engage in ways that will continue the freedom we have known. I, I think people not dying is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think people being free to right. pursue hard work and success yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think poverty is diminished. The gospel right. is pushed forward. But – I, I do think it's necessary for us to understand that this release is not a political release and rescue. This is not the issue. Yeah. yeah. And that's not what we should think of in terms of Christmas. You know, the hymn, Good Christian Men Rejoice with Heart and Soul and Voice. Now mm-hmm. you need not fear the grave. That has nothing to do with politics. Right. Jesus Christ was born to save. We Amen. were released from the fear of the grave and the fear of death, which is kept us in bondage there it is again all of our lives okay so bondage there are barriers and then there's belief you know we're not talking about the belief off of polar express (laughs) (laughs) that did come to mind that's a beautiful it is it's a neat story yeah a beautiful sentimental movie and that uh you you have everything if you just just believe believe. right Yeah. yeah it's not quite that's not a biblical concept unless it's explained really well and it's right. not of course in that i hey i like the movie it's it's touchy feely it's it you know touches the the tear ducts and mm-hmm. but but when we but that can't be our view of the gospel and it can't be our view of redemption it can't be our view of faith uh, when we talk about belief there are a couple of things that come to mind and, and not just a couple i mean as I was thinking through this and thinking of words to interact with this concept of biblical faith, genuine faith, I thought of a handful of words, but we don't have that much time. So right. we'll begin with alienation. While shepherds watch their flocks by night, all seated on the ground. We talked last time about shepherds. Right. They were not what you'd call of the good side of society. They weren't the guys people would have thought of as religious. They weren't the go-to guys. When it, Why would God go to them first? They were alienated from society. And, oh, we needed them, you know, but they were – but religiously, spiritually, they were, they were of dubious um, value. And, and honestly, we're all alienated – it doesn't matter what our economic status or ethnicity or cultural situation. We're all aliens, aliens from the truth, aliens from rightness with God. Well, even uh, speaking of the Jew-Gentile situation, Ephesians, uh, Paul refers to us as aliens. Mm-hmm. But now we're part of the household of faith, part of the, you know, we're all part of the the family of God, and and what what. Jesus came to do in the incarnation was to break down that alienation. He, uh, uh, the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. Here are these shepherds basically minding their own business. They're doing what shepherds do. They're there sleeping with one eye open, one eye shut, in case anything would bother their sheep. And suddenly God appears. Well, at least the angel of the Lord appears and shines around them. You can imagine their fear, but there was no reason except the grace of God. Right. That they would be come to in this way. And so sages, you know, what's the uh, We Three Kings? Sages are the, the hymn that says, Sages, leave your contemplation. Uh, 
Well, that implies that implies they were thinking of other things. Hmm. These wise men, wherever they were, wherever they were from, these sages were thinking of other things. They weren't thinking of Christ. They weren't thinking of of God. So, in other words, there's like almost like they were gotten a hold of. Yes, but God breaks in. Yeah, these men who would have been aliens as far as the covenant. As hmm. far as salvation, as far as the wow. people of God, yes. God yes. breaks through and says, "Hey, over here!" <laughs> and area. they go, they seek, and they find, and they found. Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought of alienation, and then I thought of acceptance, um, because those those um, men illustrate. That acceptance comes in Christ and by the grace of God. Our acceptance before God is not something we can earn. <clears throat> Hark the herald angels sing, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And second birth is a gift, mm. born to give them second birth. The regeneration spoken of there, that dead men can't give themselves, blind men can't give themselves sight. But God uh, <clears throat> steps in. And those alienated from the household of God and from the commonwealth of Israel are now to be a part of the covenant of God, to be uh, those with faith, saving faith, which is a gift itself. So what greater gift could come to people during this time is the gift of faith, that they would come to faith in Christ. So what's the conclusion with all of this? Well, I think what we see here in redemption and in the whole four weeks of Christmas is that God took the initiative. God sought and seeks sinners. Um, and some would say, well, why doesn't he just save everyone? That's, <laughs> not, that's not our right. ours to say. But he did seek sinners. Christmas, the incarnation, is, is the great act of God seeking sinners, sending his only son, the second person of the Godhead, the second person of the Godhead, obedient to the Father, becoming fully man uh, and becoming the fullness of God bodily. And so we, we I thought of a recent hymn by uh, the Gettys and, and uh, Town and Fella, and it says, Joy has dawned upon the world, God's mm. salvation now unfurled. And that's it. Amen. It dawned upon the world. Yeah. The world was in Thank darkness. God it did. Yeah. The, the men of the world dwelt in darkness. There were a few who understood because God had shown grace to them. And we see that in Simeon and Anna. We see that in Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth. But uh, – and John – or not John, but Zacharias. But uh, what Christmas does is Christmas reminds us that God is the prime mover in redemption. Mm, the prime mover, that's good. He required a price. He sent his son to pay the price. He accepts the work of his son. He initiated all of this to give us life in Christ. Yeah, he sent his son to seek us and to save us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is the prime mover. That's so, that's so good. And I think this is something we not only carry into December the twenty fifth as we think upon these things, but I think it's also something we carry into January the first. Yeah, I thought of the the hymn that you know the title of the book you've been reading lately, and it's it's on my reading list because of the class we're going through. Uh, From heaven mm. he came and sought her to be his holy bride. Yes, with his own love. And blood he bought her, and for her, her life, life he died. died. Yes, amen to that. This is Christmas. This is 
the best of Christmas. Yeah. Well, as we leave people with this final episode of the 2022 season, we want people to be encouraged. We hope you have been encouraged. Um, and we encourage you to, if you don't know him, to seek this redemption, to yes. pursue. Never want to assume that anyone listening would have a saving knowledge of Christ completely. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Right. Call upon him while he is near. But to all our listeners, we do want to wish them a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year that is coming up. Yep. We pray that your new year would be full of blessing. We pray your celebration would be full of joy as you celebrate this Christmas season with your family and friends or whoever you gather with. And we're so glad you have joined us, as we always say, and will continue to join us in 2023 as we come back in February uh, of next year. So with that said, thank you and thank the Lord. Absolutely. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Amen. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.